Hello, this is Dr. Wendy Corrin. And this is Dr. Dave Lundquist. And this is the Equiline Podcast. And today we're going to talk about... We're going to talk about patient involvement in the animal care. Because we have found through all our treating with animals that the best results we've gotten are when we involve the client in the care as well. And by this we mean the human element the human of element. the client and the equine canine and today feline element in terms of the interaction, meaning that nothing is a one-shot deal. It just doesn't exist. In order to get the best results, there needs to be a relationship between what you do and then what your client does with their animal afterwards. And that can involve a myriad of different daily practices. Yeah, and all those things will add to you building a relationship with the animals that you have. It will strengthen the relationship. It will speed the healing. Because uh, animals get, you know, animals look at you. Look, look at, they look to you all the time. I, I don't know, we have four dogs. And Wendy goes out the door, all follow the, all four of them follow. She is the pack leader and they see her as that pack leader. And when an animal starts to see you as that pack leader, you've got to take that role seriously. Absolutely. And there's trust. And you know, when you bring your animal or your, or your practitioner comes to you to work on your animal, that relationship day one has to overcome fear in a horse, their prey. In a dog, it depends upon their prior experiences with other humans. Sometimes they've had a negative experience with someone and you want to break that association and create a new one. So there's so much work to be done. And then you leave that relationship. And how is that animal going to continue healing? And the truly the only way is if you communicate well with the human element and tell them how to keep it going. What should they be doing? What should they not be doing? And that is as important. I can't tell you how many times we shake our proverbial heads at the, oh, I know you said take it easy. So I only, you know, jogged with them for 20 minutes and it's like, okay, holy hell. It's our fault. Yeah. It's our fault because unless, first of all, as if you're the one who, who is the pet trainer, pet owner, uh, then it is on you to ask because not everyone is going to tell you what to do. And for us practitioners, it is 100% on us to have the, this is what comes next. Yeah, you want to give that information so people will know what to do in the meantime. What's the process that make that animal better faster? And and you know it's interesting because we read. I remember reading in Janet Jones's book, uh, Horse Mind, Human Mind. She said sometimes we spend too much time with our animal. Oh, you remember yes, she was talking absolutely. about people being at the barn and messing with the horse for six hours straight. And and you have to be able to know when too much is too much. Oh, absolutely. You know, we we want to affect the best possible outcome. 
So let's let's take some scenarios. Um, you have as been what has been common lately in the canine crew, a dog that has had a um, a hind limb issue. Perhaps it's been surgical, and you're seeing them post-surgical. Perhaps you're, they're attempting to avoid surgery and looking to see what care can be given to perhaps normalize the area. And you, if you're a chiropractor, you adjust. If you're a massage therapist, you massage. If you're an acupuncturist, uh, you you do needles, either electro or um, you know the just hands in and whatever laser whatever practitioner you are you do that what's the next words out of your mouth see you in a day a week a month a year or is it this is what that animal needs today and tomorrow and this is the what you should look for and this is your red flag if this happens call your vet you know, what is your list of to-dos when you walk out the door? Yeah, yeah. And, and getting feedback. You know, nothing else. Oh, getting observing enough that they pain? can give you some feedback on what's been going on with the animal. Oh, I haven't, you know, I haven't checked in on them all day. What do you mean you haven't checked in on them all day? How can we know what's going on? How could you know what's going on with your own animal if you're not checking in on them? Or... I will say I ask every client to please tell me how that animal is after I've seen them. Our compliance is low. And today was an amazing day of getting texts from someone from three weeks ago. Oh, I forgot to tell you, he's now jumping on the furniture, getting up and down. It's fine. A video. This dog was was uh, two-legged. Um, and no non-weight bearing and look at him running down the street okay two weeks later thank you very much um i want you to know that we dedicate a piece of our brain to every single one of your animals and mine looks like a thousand piece jigsaw puzzle with <laughs> 998 pieces missing because i want to know in order to make the best decisions or the best recommendations right yeah what, what can we do in follow through? We don't know what to do on follow through if we don't know, A, did what we do worked, helped, didn't help, made it worse. Feedback. Feedback, communication from the client is the number one most important thing that we can get. Absolutely. Along with their involvement in the care and giving, giving that person something to do with their animal. Absolutely. There, I mean, whether it's therapeutic grooming, grooming with a purpose which is which is good in every species of animal or it's walking walking you know how many of our animals equine and canine have cervical issues because the person who walks them on lead line or leash is always on the same side creating a constant head tilt creating a different visual perception and tension in the neck you know if we don't tell you you're gonna keep doing what you've already been doing. And so it is. it behooves us as clinicians to influence and ask for feedback and then tune our recommendations based on that feedback. I, I totally love, I got a, a text today also from someone who's like, wow, the horses are 
actually moving forward. I don't feel hesitancy. I notice this. Good. I'm going to know that the approach that I used was probably the most effective one. If I get, hey, you know, this was better and this was not, or I didn't notice a difference, why would I go do the same thing again? Right? Yeah. So when you, and this is where collaboration matters as well. Yeah. Plus it's nice to know too, especially in the horse world, it's nice for us to know this horse does better if it rests for a day after the adjustment. Or this horse, a lot of times the adjustment doesn't show for two or three days. It's nice to know that information, especially for clients that want to show. So how they react to the adjustment is definitely going to be a different recommendation if they end up, oh, the, I, we do the adjustment five minutes before, it doesn't help. But if we do the adjustment 24 hours before, it's great. Those are things we need to know. Absolutely. We have those that if we could do it the second before it goes in a Grand Prix, yeah. that's when you're going to get the best performance. And if it's a hunter and it's a pony, you may want to give it a day so that the child stays on. Because feeling good is often expressed in exuberance. So what's your task? What are you looking for? And again, it's a two-way street. And as you know, if you know us, communication has to be a two-way street. Or one of us is going to make up the other side of the communication. <laughs> <laughs> No, that myth communication that happens all the time. And yeah, it's, it's important. But, you know, if give you simple exercises to do when you go home with that animal. You know, those simple exercises, they may see simple, but they can make dramatic results very quickly with animals. Being quadrupeds, they react much differently than humans do with our bipedal systems. And sometimes a simple exercise can really bring an animal around, dogs specifically, simple side pass exercises can really make a big difference in abdominal strength, which can help relieve some of that roach back that they get when they've been injured. Oh, absolutely. And, and since Dave mentioned humans, it doesn't matter to me whether you are riding a horse, walking a horse, or walking a dog. Your posture and your ability to use your body matters so much because your gait influences your pack. And as we realize that informing the human that if they are not engaging their hind end, if they've worn out their shoes and they're limping, that actually affects the function of their canine or equine competitor. You know, you, you are team. One way, whether you recognize it or you don't, or as we say to the equine community, the aids you don't know you're giving work just as well as the ones you intend. So when we talk about giving your clients feedback and when we talk about receiving and doing something, we, we often, when we remind people, did you do that which we recommended yesterday I forgot. Okay, I'll I, I cannot text everybody once a day. It's not, not in my realm of possibility. You can set reminders every day because every one of you has a cell phone. And it can beep at your time that you choose to perform your canine stretch, your equine stretch, your human stretch, your strengthening, your balancing, 
you know, with dogs, often when you've got hind end weakness, backing them up intentionally, walking them back, you know, walking them towards the wall and away from the wall so that they actually have to engage is something that has to be on your checklist and then let it become a habit. And that's, that's the biggest thing is that consistency. So setting aside maybe the same time every day or every other day or what, whatever that program happened to be, but being consistent with that same time that's doing it the same way is really huge in making it a habit because it doesn't become a habit unless you repetitively do it. Oh, and people have decided to try a glucosamine type supplement or a CBD type supplement and we discuss it and they say, yeah, I'm going to do that. And the next time I see them, I'm like, how'd that go? Oh, oh yeah, I was going to do that. Okay. Well, step one, take it out of the bag. You know, it, it always scares me when they have those directions on things. You know, this is not a flotation device. Well, step one, you have to do the recommendations Step two, you have to report the results of those recommendations so that they can be fine-tuned to fit your situation. You know, that's what we're here for. Yeah, we can't do, we can't do it all by ourselves. I know you want us to. <laughs> you know, but for you yeah. practitioners out there, isn't it so much more enjoyable? when you receive a feedback that then allows you to either go, awesome, we have a team that's working, or how can I make this better because now I have some more data. More information makes better decisions. So what we're, what we're talking about today is how can you tweak your relationship with your clients and your practitioners so that all of you get the best of it. Yeah. And that's what we do here besides adjusting animals. We teach courses. We teach courses to show people things that they can do in the meantime. Give them exercises that they can do. Simple soft tissue things that they can do to help their animal perform better, move better, move freer, have less discomfort, and just be happier animals and build that strength in that relationship because that's what that does. Uh, you know, as Dave mentioned, we teach a course, and the course that's coming up, uh, assuming you're listening to this live, um, December 18th, the last section of my practitioner course is always how do you communicate this? How do you integrate this with the rest of the things that you do? And how do you communicate this to those people that you are palpating their animal, doing fascial work on their animal, taping, magna waving, lasering, all of the things that you have to offer? How are you coordinating it and how are you explaining it in such a way that people can make informed decisions about when their animal needs care and what they can do to prolong the effects of that care. We were going to call this section homework, but no one likes homework. No. And um, I was Negative one of those nerdy kids who, who liked homework if it was book reports. 
<laughs> not math. Never like math. Um, and we want you to love it. Not, it's not a chore. It's an opportunity to really get the very, very best out of your care, both giving and receiving. Yep. Because the, be, the best the best results we get usually come from the clients that also give as much as we do and put as much into it as we do because they're concerned. They want their animal back too, you know, or they want themselves back because either one of the team gets hurt, they're both sidelined. Absolutely. So we leave you with this. Are you asking for the best feedback possible and what are you doing about it? Any questions, please feel to drop us a DM or PM on Equiline K9 and Instagram or Facebook because we love to chat. And this check out the uh, advertisements for the course on December 18th for yeah. an Equine course. If you're interested, Equiline.com. We'll always, well, that's the best way to check and join the mailing list and then you'll be up and informed. This is Dr. Wendy Corey. This is Dr. Dave Lundquist. Have a spectacular day.